0: Finding Your Pack. Heads up, this is going to be long-winded and personal. This is partly for my own reflection, partly to get some of these thoughts out of my head and partly as a sleep aid to the weary. Now, uh, self-deprecation aside, I, I hope this helps someone else reflect on their own experiences. Just know that these recordings and thoughts are my own idea, and do not represent those of anyone else, employers or otherwise, just my own thoughts. If you've listened to this podcast before, you might already be aware that not all people are wired the same way. Some write, some play sports, some play with dolls, and some seek to get all of those people together to try their hand at storytelling in the form of video or film. Still, others, others become interested in how things work, how information moves or is interpreted, sometimes even over distances, and sometimes how information moves between other people. I learned at an early age that I had more than a passing interest in stories that involved folks who had these interests. Being a child of the 70s and 80s, my first exposure came in the form of television and movies. I'm going to start with uh, Cosmos. Now, not that the more recent version, the one that had Carl Sagan from, I think it's like 1980. And IMDb has a, a page on it that says that Dr. Sagan describes the universe in a way that appeals to a mass audience by using Earth as a reference point, by speaking in terms intelligible to non-scientific people, by relating the exploration of space to that of Earth by pioneers of old, and citing such Earth legends as the Library of Alexandria as metaphors for space-related future events. Nonsense. The dude flew on the back of a concept called the milkweed seed, and it made the world seem insignificant in the universe vast and we were nothing but specks riding on the back of just some tiny bit of dust and that was awesome and and mind bending it it opened the mind to all of these other possibilities and made you think about Well, what's out there and could we go find it and how far away is it? How hard is it to get up off the couch and go learn something and go be something more than just a potato or choose your own vegetable? That's that's your business. Meanwhile, little time passes and a little thing comes out called Tron. Now, you can have arguments all up and down the track with folks who like movies And you can argue what it's about or why or this or that, but the blurb on IMDb says, A computer hacker is abducted into the digital world and forced to participate in gladiatorial games where his only chance of escape is with the help of a heroic security program. Malarkey Tron is about getting sucked into the computer and learning that there are real characters in there, that things that we don't understand can be more easily related to if we anthropomorphize them. It's about learning that there's a world inside behind the screen that we can just imagine. But maybe if we work real hard, we can experience it in a different way for ourselves. Which brings us to 1983's War Games. And here you find a person who finds a way to be really sneaky. And yeah, we all learn later on that Matthew Broderick's character is really just kind of a, a thinly veiled version of some other more well-popularized hacker types who are really inventive people who are very creative thinkers who think outside the box, outside the system, and look to utilize the system. They work either within a framework or to take advantage of one. And this, this was, wow, what a concept. It's a heady thought to be able to just get in somewhere and start digging around and finding all the bits that make things tick. Which brings us forward another couple of years, okay, a few years, to sneakers. The blurb says a security pro finds his past coming back to haunt him when he and his unique team are tasked with retrieving a particularly important item. Thanks, IMDb. It's a great little synopsis that tells nothing of the hijinks that ensues in this movie. And if you like this kind of picture, this is high art indeed, because it highlights the different types of personalities Uh, The obsession, the passion, the sneaky, the creative, all of it has to come together. It it lends itself to this kind of desire for learning about intrigue and things. Now, this journey continues on in the form of books. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was excited when I found a book uh, by Stephen Levy called Hackers. Now, Goodreads says that Stephen Levy's hackers brilliantly captured a seminal moment when the risk-takers and explorers were poised to conquer 20th century America's last great frontier. And in the Internet age, the hacker ethic first espoused here is alive and well. Well, why is that important? Well, to me, it, it meant that it was okay to be this kind of slightly different person who had these other interests and it was okay that you weren't alone. And that's kind of a a big deal. My brother, a few years later, because I became obsessed with that book, I read it and and I was excited about the fact that there were these people who who went dumpster diving and learned how systems worked from the inside out, rather, sorry, other way around, from the outside in, without the documentation. They figured out how the phone systems worked. They figured out how connectivity worked. And and they took it and they turned it into something that was not intended by those who architected it. That's amazing. That was something to pursue and kind of like aspire to. So later on, a few years later, I get to read The Cuckoo's Egg. And that changed my world again because here's Cliff Stoll, talking about how he's discovered these folks. He's, what was he, an, an astronomer who accidentally stumbled on people who were stealing computer time that they weren't supposed to be using? And he cobbles together some old hardware laying around the university and builds a system and a method to track these people? What the heck? Although, I admit, still, my favorite scene from the book is when he panics about having washed the his, his jogging shoes and throws them in the microwave to dry them. And melts the shoes to the glass dish in the microwave. That, that is just brilliant. I love it. Because it's, it kind of goes to where the thinking goes. It's maybe not practical, but it is ingenious. Okay. So all of this led to an interest in intrigue and espionage, the world of the secret squirrel and other fantasies that people who want to be interesting aspire to, I suppose. It's all a matter of perspective, right? For someone who hasn't experienced it, seeing the life of someone who travels for a living might seem like an exciting one, right? They're always on their way somewhere. They've got stories of other places. Uh, They generally have a different view of things than other folks who they hang around with might have. But from the other side of the fence, now it could be a very different story. Maybe that traveler feels like they have a lack of downtime or misses their friends and family and other people and uh, maybe a house plant or a fish. I don't know. The point was that they're always having to manage travel details and complications and dates and times and the order of operations of things because they're always going somewhere. It's just a matter of perspective. So, a much wiser friend of mine once suggested that I should keep in mind that I never know what someone else is going through. You don't. You never know what someone else is going through. So, next time it seems like things are tough, it seemed like a lesson that it's worth making time to listen to what other people are going through. Maybe you'll realize how much better you have it. Maybe you'll appreciate someone else's point of view. Maybe you'll get ticked off because it seems like this person has it better than you. point is to recognize that more is going on in the world than just your story, and to have some compassion, that is, if you ever hope someone might have some compassion for you. Anyway, all of this is preface, preamble, to today's topic, which is about finding your pack the question of the day really is, how do you know? How do you know when you've found one of those things? Not not just a little over-the-weekend hobby thing where you decide to get together and play with some friends. I'm talking about the things where you're so interested you just might change your name and run away to pursue it. So, when you feel like you don't have a crew or a a common group of friends, you feel kind of out there, right? And when I was younger, I definitely didn't know what I didn't know, until, if again, you listen to another episode of this podcast, you're aware that that there was a competition I aspired to attend. And so, because of the power of no, off I went, submitted my own entry, and, over some time, was accepted. What it meant was that, okay, I've learned that someone turning me down can really motivate me, but more importantly, what changed my life was that I found a group of people whom I really got along with. Uh, so one of the first things that happens on a program that was multiple weeks away from home, uh, after, you know, beg, borrowing, scraping together getting aid, whatever it took to try and make something like that happen is you have roommates because this is a state funded program and you have to learn how to live with other people in order to make things work. Roommates. Now, some of you may have them. Some of you may not. Some of you may prefer them. Everybody's different. The point is, is that without roommates, I may never have expanded my own horizons when it came to music, ideas, writing, story, telling, everything, because it forced me to hear other people. It's one thing if you have family members who tell you this or that, but it's entirely something different when you're exposed to new um, sources of input. So I'm sitting uh reading a paper that's about filmmaking. And here's a person who's listening to music I've never in my life heard. I grew up with an older brother who had a thing for rock. And I really wasn't that excited by it. It's not that there's anything wrong with rock music. Hey, you know what? There are some great pieces out there by great bands. Uh, I'm a huge fan of of bands like Queen Terrific. Love it. Something a little more theatrical for my taste. But he loved ACDC and all the, just the classic stuff, uh, even down to April Wine and all this other stuff. But it really wasn't my thing. I thought, well, you know, it's what you grow up hearing and isn't that interesting. Whatever. Until I start to hear some of this uh, minimalist music or programmatic stuff. So it's the early 80s. Or okay, the late 80s at this point. And it's the first time I heard bands like The Art of Noise or Philip Glass or uh, Take Your Pick. It's just different stuff than whatever I had been exposed to. Part of that benefit of traveling, right? You you wind up being exposed to things you might not get at home. This is an amazing and expansive opportunity. Not that you know it when you're that age, it's just, wow, that's different, what is that like? So, Peter Gunn, but a remix of Peter Gunn so that it sounds fresher or not like a 1940s recording. It was just completely mind-bendingly different. And then to spend time with people who you suddenly realize you're all a little different, you all march to a drummer that isn't the same as those of the folks you got to know at home well wait a minute is that home or is is this home i'm not sure anymore wait a minute i'm really getting attached to these people and then suddenly the the time together is gone it's over And you spent time learning about structure in the creative process and what it means to work together and what it really takes to bring a production of some kind together, whether it's music or uh, photography, uh, some creative sound piece, whatever it was, there were always requirements for people to partner together. And that finding people who accepted who I was That's an amazing something that you definitely will miss when you don't have it. So, once you've realized there's a larger world of people out there that you really connect with, now try taking them away and going back to being that odd kid in school. It's not that much fun. However, when you do lose that feeling, it definitely makes you value it more when you do have it. Which brings us forward to information security. Seems like a leap, right? A group of creative people who think outside the box and just want to figure out ways of telling stories or communicating or at least not having to do the same things they did when they were back home. Well, let me tell you something. Finding that group of people for you is so important to your creativity and sense of well-being. It can be damaging to lose it, as we read about it in the news all the time. Instead, I would encourage you that if you find it, engage it, look for it, but don't be despondent if you can't find it right away. Not an easier thing to, to say than do, but let's let's face it. Keep looking, keep trying, find your niche. What am I really talking about? Well, the story goes that I was married and things had begun to implode. And so I was looking for a place to hide myself, something to consume my time because things did not go as hoped, expected, planned, whatever you want to say. It's everybody's fault. It's nobody's fault. It's just how it happened. So what happens now? I have to do something with my time. I know I'll I'll volunteer to help build websites. And so I, I spent days at a friend's house rebuilding an old machine he had in a corner and learning how to build a, uh, a lamp stack. For those of you who aren't in the techie realm, and I'm not even saying it very well, it's basically if you were to set up all of the bits necessary to run a website off of a home computer. Right, but not a Windows computer, it runs Linux. Anyway, the point of the story is after figuring all of this out and setting up a computer to run and figuring out how to get it to advertise itself onto the internet so that a little uh, group website could exist, some people from another country saw fit to deface it. Now, this is over a month in. How did they even find this thing? Why do they care? So the strangest thing happened. Something in my head clicked. It's almost like you, you woke up something that had been dormant for years because when I had watched those movies I described earlier and read those books by, that book by Stephen Levy and the poke by Cliff Stoll, that, that was years earlier. We're now talking it's 1999 or no, excuse me. It's even later than that. It's two thousand and two, uh, somewhere in the, yeah, in the early two thousands, and and I'm having this experience where things have gone incredibly off the rails. Maybe it's even a little later. Maybe uh, two thousand and yeah. It's in. The the point is. Here I find myself one day logging in to check and see how things are going because I've helped set up the website and the platform and folks are going to start adding their content. What I find is that the site has been defaced. These folks have claimed credit, that they've done something. And in that snapped moment in my mind, because they undid all of this work, I had spent hours getting into the right shape and format. I now find I have to. I've got to find out who these people are. I want to know. I want to know who's responsible, and what I have to do to figure out how to fix this. Because I couldn't. I I used search engines, and it was not an easy thing to find out how to undo this mess. Um, Far be it from me to have something important like a backup rotation set up. Please, you know, I was lucky I knew how to spell backup. Okay, maybe I'm being a little outlandish there. It's just that it didn't seem that important at the time. It was more exciting to figure out how to set things up. So doing some digging, and I did find these folks because, well, when you leave your name sprayed all over everything, it's kind of easy to go hunting it down. And so I found out these folks were internationally sourced, and I found out that they claimed credit on a certain kind of website, like a a bulletin board. And I just found myself infuriated because it doesn't matter now that I've found them. It doesn't make it better. I felt a small sense of accomplishment, but I can't fix it. So what does this have to do with finding your pack? It changed my course, my direction. I began to have an interest in how to protect things. I began to get curious about why this was happening. Well, I found myself changing jobs, and I got picked up by a small firm. And was contracted to take care of, a, a let's say, a small organization set of computers. And in doing this, one of my jobs was to help create a secure connection from the home office to this on-site location. And I learned about the basics of how to configure VPN. And I'm referring to how to stand up a VPN server, and then how to stand up an, a client node. Not the hardest stuff in the world, but if you've never done it, hey, That's new, that's interesting, and you start to learn that there are ways to secure connectivity. Now, that's really interesting. Well, what does that really mean? Well, you have to play with that for a little bit, and I really didn't have an interest. I was having far too much time of fun playing uh, games with the guys in the office after after we shuttered the doors uh, in the evenings. But then it became time to look for another job, because jobs like that, while fantastic, sometimes don't last very long. And this time I fell into information security for real, and it turned out my bachelor's degree wasn't worth as much as I thought it would be because I just did my own version of uh, getting out of the system. I just wanted to get on with doing whatever it was I was meant to do after college. And, you know, you're still paying that stuff off. It doesn't go away that fast, but it happens. Now what am I supposed to do? Oh, I'm supposed to go back and get my, my, I have to go back to college to get something that has the right words in it so that everybody can be happy, except me because I have to go and go back to college. That's not true. It turns out I made some really good contacts and I learned some very interesting new concepts about how to take an idea from the drawing board to the real world. That was actually pretty beneficial. So management of technology was the degree. And it, it was very interesting because even though it touches on uh, the words that people wanted to hear or see in a degree plan, what it actually contained was lots of startup and incubator talk, lots of biotech focus, lots of, hey, let's look for innovation and in ways we can actually introduce new ideas? And how would you do that? And what would it look like? And how would you market that? And how would you have an elevator pitch ready for a conversation with an angel investor? And that seemed to be really valuable. That translated into a conversation about whether or not to pursue uh, certifications. Now realize it's been four years since that incident with the with the defacing of a website, maybe longer. But I realized there was a real interest in me in that, going back to that how do you know when something is a passing interest or more of an obsession. If you, for example, think about it after you leave the job and you're curious about some ideas or conversations you had earlier in the day and it plagues your thoughts afterwards. Now, some people would just argue, forget that. That's just bringing your work home with you. But I sometimes think it's something else. I sometimes attribute it to more than a passing fancy, more than an obsession. It's actually fun for you. And that's not a bad thing. Because now what you've proven to yourself is that you're actually interested in this some might hesitate to use the term passionate about it. And that passion can make you really good at what you do. Hey, and I'm not here to tell you you're not good at what you do. It's just that if you're passionate about it, I think it's easier to fall in to the rabbit holes and rabbit trails that sometimes help in that regard. So, for me, I had a a job that now had information security interest, and I had my, I worked on my college part two degree, but then something else even stranger happened. A friend invited me to an event. I happened to be uh, going to a family thing in Las Vegas. Yes, I know, doesn't everybody's family head to Vegas for some kind of pilgrimage for food? And shows? No? Just me? Okay. I'll, I'll take that one. Fine. So most people, most sane people maybe don't go running to Vegas because they're, they, they had a career that, that involved trade shows, right? But in, in my family's case, that was part of life growing up. And here we're in Vegas and I get a call and I get, told that I should meet my buddy at this place called the Artisan Hotel and to come help move boxes for this thing. And I couldn't even, he told me it's called B-Sides Las Vegas. And I said, what are you even talking about? At the time, I was using a wireless provider that, unbeknownst to me, actually blocked the, the uh, PB PBWorks site that hosts the B-Sides official wiki. And that is the most hilarious of things when your friend is telling you up and down that it's true. There really is this convention out in at this boutique hotel in Vegas and you can't even look it up using the wireless provider. And you think he's making it up. He is just pulling your leg. You're going to show up. There will be nothing there. Instead, I find a group of people working in earnest to stand up what looks like a major conference. These wild-eyed people are setting up multiple tracks. They're dragging chairs into the lobby and setting up a projection screen in front of the registration desk, and the hotel is cool with it. What the heck is going on? What are these people doing? And it turns out they had an opening in their AV group. And I asked if they needed some help. And after describing my credentials from the stories from SUNY and roommates and all of that, rolled up into a couple of minutes of explaining I had some video experience. They were willing to let me volunteer to help with video work for them, recording one of the tracks. This led eventually to being a more permanent part of this crew year after year. And then in a very long and roundabout way, it led to coordinating B-Sides San Antonio. But not before I kind of met a group of folks in San Antonio called San Antonio Hackers Association or Saha. Now these are a group of folks who meet every month and they try to share something interesting. They make an effort If you have a group of people locally who make an effort, it's worth looking them up. Find a group that has your interest. And if you don't know what the group's name is, well, there are now so many tools to help you find it, whether it's social media with uh, posts and walls and, and facey spaces, or you like to use the things about meeting up with other people, or there are lots of ways to find hacker spaces in your area. So, go take a class. Go to an open house. Go see about a user group. There are tons of ways. Here in San Antonio, I ran across a group. There was one that uh, well, it turns out they had been a splinter from another group that they were fans of in Austin or something like that. I'm sure I'm getting the story wrong. The point was they were willing to let this person who doesn't have the technical skills they have hang out with them. And every time I'd go and spend time at a conference and was allowed to volunteer so that I could help with video, I would be assigned to a track that I would not have chosen for myself. Because you're given an assignment, you do it. And in so doing, I learned things about things I would never have chosen for myself. I got to watch a presentation about uh, a gentleman who had figured out a way to use uh, touch tones to trigger scripts on mobile phones so he could kick off processes from very far away. I said, well that well, that's kind of interesting. I got to watch people do forensics and talk about how to recognize deep elements in Windows. Uh, uh log files and things. And I said, wow, this is amazing. And do I really know what these things are? No, but I've got a lot more of a better idea than I did the day before. And every extra bit of exposure lends a little more understanding. And the great thing is, if you're willing to do some of the legwork yourself, a lot of folks are willing to meet you more than halfway. I think part of it goes back to that that interest, that passion. And folks have to be able to see that in you sometimes. But I discovered that this group of people who were all excitable and setting up projection screens in a hotel, well, they were my people. And after years of not having my people, it was an amazing feeling to realize that these could be Uh, an extended family of sorts, and they have been. They really have been. You you run into them in all of the strangest, greatest places, whether it's in an airport traveling from here to there, or they're stopping through and you, you go and you grab coffee together, or maybe it's just sharing a table when you're at a distant location, and you're just with your people. And it's the strangest, most wonderful thing in the world. And I know I'm an optimist, and I know stuff goes wrong, and I know people are complicated and messy. But it's really still worth it. And and knowing that you have some people you can connect to and reach out to, realize that while it might feel, from time to time, that you're on your own, you're never really alone because they're right there, maybe not physically next to you, but they're uh, connectable over social media or a text message or a phone call or who knows, maybe they are in your town. Don't miss out on the opportunity to grow your circle There's something to be said for having downtime. There's something else to be said for recognizing that once your past's needing relaxation, it's really nice to have someone to talk to. At least about all the other people you don't want to talk to.